What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. Do you know what I'm talking about? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Yeah, just a whole lot of hooting and hollering here in studio. We're pleased to be joined by Felix Alvarado. He is the proprietor, headmaster, head tutor, chief cook uh, and bottle washer of Straight A Academy located in Bedford, where innovation in education is their mantra. Hey, your kids need help with standardized tests of any and all kind. Do your kids need uh, help with specific subjects? Maybe they're having a hard time trying to figure out the kind of college they should go to, what they should look for in a school. Maybe you're not happy with your school alternatives and you'd like private tutelage, kind of like uh, outsourcing your homeschool options, right? Well, you can get all that and more through Straight A Academy. Learn more at straighta.com. That's straighta.com. Good morning, Felix. Good morning, Rich. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well, thanks. Glad Excellent. to be here. I'm glad to have you. So what's uh, what's on your agenda today? You know, I'd, I'd like to first uh, pick up on the call that came in just a moment ago from John. Yeah, sure. John, I hope you're still out there. Oh, he is. Uh, I have, uh, I, I basically have an answer to the question, which was, why don't we lead the nation and, and turn this... <clears throat> Do the me, bottoms turn, up thing. Right? Yeah, turn, turn things around. And and um, the, the, the sad answer, uh, the sad answer is that we essentially have an inverted, it has become increasingly inverted uh, education system uh, from from our local schools to higher education in particular. And over the past uh, decade, administration has grown seven times faster than the number of students. <laughs> right. No and, kidding. And two times faster than, than the number of teachers. So when you have, when you have statistics that show that are you know the 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 people at the top who are getting more increase they're getting increasingly entrenched how do we expect you know the parents and educators to to kind of invert this where we put more focus where it belongs in the classroom with the teachers and the students right that's that's where our monies and our efforts and our energy should be going directly to where education is taking place but unfortunately when you have an administrative uh, body that has has grown by leaps and bounds, far outstripping the growth in students or or the actual educators, uh, you know, it, it's you're asking them to give up power or attempting to wrest power from them is going to be very very difficult. So the only way, John, that we're going to be able to do that is is if there were a, somehow a concerted effort between parents and uh, fair-minded teachers, you know, who who put the kids uh, above the unions and above, uh, you know, yeah, who are willing to put them their own necks out on the line. See, I I, I take a look at education today, and I see I see two sides of a vice grip with the uh, parents and students in the middle, and one side is the bureaucracy, the educrosity, as I call well, it. Well, that's what's grown so much, right? And the other side is the union. <clears throat> yep. You know, they, they, they are two monolithic forces that um, seek their own interests, their own expansion. 
uh, and their own dominion. And in caught in between it all are, I don't know, just the parents and kids. And, and there are some fair minded people in the educrosity, as you called it, uh, or even within the unions that, that really do, do have uh, children's interests at heart in some ways. I want to give, I want to throw a bone by throwing it out there and saying, I acknowledge there are some people, but by and large, what's the truth? The truth is the, the unions have a constituency and it's not the children. And, and no, it's their membership. Right. And the bureaucracy and has the poli- a constituency. And the politicians they buy to advance their interests. Yeah. And, and the, right. And the, and the bureaucracy has a constituency and it's constituted of themselves and, and keeping themselves well paid and, and, uh, protected. And that, you know, when we find people who are trying to affect change, um, you think of the, uh, what was the name of, I've just came to my mind, the name of the, um, the lady who was hired to be uh, chancellor or uh, head of education in, in Washington, D.C., and she got chased out on a rail. Bet- uh, Betsy DeVos. No, no, no. Um, it, it, oh, it, Michelle Ree? Michelle Ree, yes. Yeah. Thank you. The superintendent of Washington, D.C. superintendent D. of Washington, right. D.C. schools. Washington, D.C. schools. She was, uh, she was affecting positive change, and, of course, uh, she was seen as a... Oh, she was she was chased out. And and so, John, that's where the parents needed to step in and protect Michelle. But they didn't No, And uh, yeah, well, well, she got herself into a lot of trouble because she was firing teachers. She was she was she was she was purging the system of the bottom feeders who were dead weight. Yeah. You know, listen, you know, Jack Welch was not wrong when he said that every 10 years you should be you know, you should be letting 10 percent of your workforce go because they are the unproductive bottom. Right. Right. Well, I, I, and that's not going to happen so long as there are, you know, agreements between the unions and the cities, and you have to abide by the uh, the contracts. So, unless we can write contracts that protect our kids better, but anyway, so that was just a follow up on what John was saying. And unfortunately, you know, uh, we have a a bureaucracy in education that. Uh, you know, thank God for people like uh, Dr. Vargas, who is mm-hmm. is uh, fighting a good fight. Yeah, and make make no mistake, the union does not like him. <laughs> what, what now they're they working. They're, they're I love working him on for sting- who his enemies are. Right. right. Well, I mean, they they're 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 working with him. I think reluctantly on some things, and he's never. You know, he's <clears throat> he's always quick to sing their praises, but he's also also quick on on major items that need change and input to very publicly say, and we need their help and cooperation on this. And I, and I, and I'll, and I'll tell you something, and I don't think he's doing it to call them out or to indicate that they're not, uh, they're not being helpful because he certainly praised them enough in areas where apparently they have been, but Mm -hmm. he, uh, he understands the institutional inertia that's there. And um, they are part, unfortunately, you can't, you can't deal with the individual teachers. You have to deal with the union, and they are part and parcel of the uh, institutional constituencies that have to be brought along if you're going to make change. And, you know, the current regime there is um, in ways that I can't discuss because if I do, I'll end up uh, at least pointing in the direction of non-public discussions. Um, but, the you know, the, the current leadership there at the union um, has clearly engaged in activity that is contrary to the existence of Bohen Vargas as the superintendent of Manchester's schools. 
Uh, that's yeah. uh, I'll, I'll 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 leave it at that. And hey, I'd like to encourage everybody uh, who might be listening to if it's if there's any way you can make it to uh, John DePietro's roundtable tonight that that he is. Uh, I, I believe he's the one who called it, right? I'm sorry, C- candidate John DePietro called the roundtable that yeah. Uh, yeah. Commissioner Edelblue is is going to be at. Um, I, I highly recommend if you can f- make the time, make the time to be there. I think it would be. Uh, very helpful um, to see community support and to see people who have a genuine interest in our children's education and be able to come in and listen in and weigh in. And, um, you know, if I didn't have to give a uh, an extra class tonight to my students for ACT prep, I'd be there. But uh, I'm not going to be able to because we'll be doing ACT stuff. Uh, well, we'll miss you. All right. So anyway, get there if you can. And um you know, you've got some people who are genuinely trying to affect positive change. And I think Commissioner Edelblue is one of them. And uh, very good man. Very, very happy that uh, that he is our current commissioner and uh, love to see what can be done during his tenure to strengthen our education. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted the thing I wanted to bring up today that I would like to see to strengthen our education is a little bit more hands-on approach in, in every aspect of learning, mm-hmm. and you know, I think um, I think of uh, certain programs that we have here and there, and I think they're great. And uh, for example, the MST concept, Ma- Manchester School of Technology. I think yeah. that's I think it's a great uh, innovation. I think it's uh, one of the many things we should be doing. I know that West is looking at having a... Yeah, they get that Bar Foundation grant. They, I heard they get the Bar, Bar Foundation yeah. grant. And they're and, looking at... Uh, Dr. Vargas has got some lofty goals mm-hmm. and big ideas there. And I'm happy to say that the... And this is one of the areas where he has said the union is going to have to work with us on changes because mm-hmm. of how you know things need to work versus <clears throat> how the contract will allow them to work. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to. They have to. I mean, if there's going to be any kind of positive change, it's going to require the, the unions have to be participants in that. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, those kinds of programs also at private schools. I want to give a shout out to Jesse Remington out in Candia. Uh, they do some very innovative hands-on instruction. Uh, they're a middle high school. They have a sugar shack and the kids actually make the maple sugar. And the kids, ha- they have a building project. The kids work with with uh, uh, with adults, engineers, architects to build buildings. Uh, they have a lot of, of hands-on approach to you know doing their math to in order to build the building. Um, so innovative programs like that are fantastic. But I'd like to see it as just the norm instead of being able to point out these things, you know, oh, there's a great program here, there's a great program there. I think it needs to become the norm. And uh, I, I tweeted out this morning before coming on the show, hashtag urban farming. And, and I, wanted, I would love to see more hands-on approach to learning about plants and animals. Um, I know that uh, there's a certain limit to the animal aspect, but for sure, uh, I, I was thinking, you know, th- there ought to be Every elementary school ought to have its own little greenhouse or some way for kids to grow up understanding what it really means to tend to, to nurture and to care for. I think we'd have a much more civil society in in many ways, too, if kids learned hands-on how to take care of 
plants in particular, uh, which would be a lot easier than, you know, obviously there's limitations to the number of, you know, to any animals that could be brought in. Although, although I think, uh, goats are pretty easy to manage, but anyway, that's a, <laughs> but it, I'm, th- I was looking, in fact, I was looking at, um, across from Baker's, um, Bakersville school, Bakersville. Yeah. A, there was a, there was a, uh, for a while, a, a vacant empty lot. And they've since put in a, some sort of a self-storage in there, right? I think there's a, there's a self-storage uh, building that's in there. But for, for a number of years, I used to look, stare at that lot and say, why aren't, they, why aren't they using that lot somehow? Why can't the city just use that lot? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know who owned it. but It was owned by Vel- Velcro. Velcro owned it, right. Well, was there any way that Velcro would have allowed them to, to do some farming there? I mean, I know... And when I say farming, I think a lot – maybe some people are listening and they're like, oh, come on. What, what are you talking about farming? But the concept of urban farming and aquaponics and being self-reliant. And there's – to me, this is one of the things that ought to be taught even in the elementary schools. Um, I mean, as a matter of fact, uh, you look at um, – take a look at China, for example. Mm-hmm. It is mandatory for all of the kids in the big cities – to be sent out uh, a couple times per year to farms where the kids have to go and hands-on uh, interact with farming-related uh, implements and, and technology. And, and they also end up you know, putting a little bit of a scientific spin on that and teach them about DNA and genetics and stuff like that and some of the GMO stuff. That's a story for another day. But uh, some, of the, some of the farming techniques that they uh, you know, might be interested in studying when they get to college maybe we're going to take a break for traffic weather and sports when we come back we'll continue with felix alvarado in the is our children learning segment you are listening to the large radio show i'm rich gerard good morning